We begin today the Gemara on Dafyud, right at the beginning of the Yomad. <coughs> so this is a continuation of the sugya that we had before regarding a man that gets married. And then after the first relation, he comes the next morning to the Bez and he says, Pesach, Pesuch, Motsasi, there was an opening, she's not a Basula, and therefore he says, it's a Mekach Tos. And this is relevant for two things. One thing is that he's afraid that she had a relation with someone else after she was an Eshes Ish. So she's also to him. Another thing is Ksuba. He says, I don't want to pay the Ksuba money. And the Gemara brought before that Shmuel said, she doesn't, have, he, she doesn't get the Ksuba. We trust him not only to answer her on her, him, himself, which is based on the concept of Shavya Navshecha Tichadi Yisura. A person could say that I know for a fact she's also to me, so therefore I don't want to live with her. But not only that, even for the money matter, that he wants to say that it's a Mekachtos, I don't want to give her the Ksuba, we trust him for that as well. So the Gemara will bring another statement that, that was said in the name of Shmuel that will explain this better. Itmer, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Shmuel. Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel, Mishum Rav Shimon ben Elazar, and he was quoting Rav Shimon ben Elazar. Chachamim tiknu le'em l'bnei Yisrael. Chachamim are the ones that instituted for the daughters in Israel, l'besula Messiah. When you marry a besula, you have to give her a ksuba of 200 zuz, ul'almana mana. And when you marry an almana, so her ksuba is worth only one mana, half. So according to his opinion, basically, Chiddush of what Abshim ben Allah is saying is that the whole institution of giving a ksuba for a wife is a Rabbanon. Rabbanon are the ones that instituted this. When I tell you that there's no obligation of a ksuba. Now, therefore, the hey meminu, they are the ones that created this obligation. And they, the Chachamim, also trusted the husband, Shem Ama Pesach Pesuach Matzasi, that if he comes and tells us that I thought she's a psula, but she's not a psula, there was an opening, Neman, that he should be believed. Okay, so this is actually a concept that you have in a lot of places. When Chachamim create their own takana, they could also design a takana exactly as they wish. This is known as Heim Omru Veheim Omru. If they created this obligation to pay it, so they also gave the trust to the husband of, that he'll be believed, even though the Chayda, we're talking here about a money matter, and usually you need to aid him for such a thing, but nevertheless, they trusted him. So the Gemara now asks on this, <coughs> but if they'll trust the husband to say, Pesach Pesuach, that she's not a psula, so so what have they accomplished with their takana? They instituted to give a ksuba. Then they give the husband the right and the ability to say that she's not a psula, and to be trusted. So any husband could just, could just say, Pesach, Pesach, Matzasi, and just not give the ksuba. So what, what have they accomplished there? <coughs> so the Gemara answers, Omar Rav says, no, we're not afraid that any husband's going to do this. Why not? Because we have the following assumption. A person would not go through the entire work and effort to prepare chasanam to get married and the whole celebration. And then he'll lose everything. The day, day later he'll come along and say, Goodbye. I, 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 $50,000 for wedding. So it doesn't make any sense. A person wouldn't do such a thing. So therefore, we know that if he's saying this, we have a chazake that he's probably saying the truth. That's what it's based on. Huh? <laughs> okay. So that's the. So we had this yesterday already. Rashi said this point here. This, this is the Chazake, that's the reason why we trust him. Okay. Now, just to point out another thing here that the Rishayim add to this, that uh, you see, it seems from the Gemara clear here that the only reason why we trust him is because this Ksuba is Midrabanan. If the obligation of Ksuba would be Minatayre, we would not trust Ozman. Then we would say that he has to prove the fact that she's not a psula. Why? The question that Rishayim mask is, it isn't, isn't the money in his pocket? The klal is that 
If he has the money in his pocket and she's saying that I was a basula, so you owe me the money, he can't just come and say that, uh, again, sorry, if the, mo- if the money is in his pocket, he should be believed to say that I don't owe you the money. It's why, why only if the ksub is midrabanon? So the Rishayim add to this and say, while the money is in his pocket, but at the same time though, she has a very strong svara on her side. And that is, a girl has a chazaka as well, that she's a basula. She was born a basula and she has a chazaka that she's a basula. And most women when they get married are a basula. So the fact that she got married as a status of, with having the status of a basula, that is, that's a, there's a very strong assumption, there's a chazaka, there's a raiv, that that's true. So even though there's also a chazaka that his claim, that he says that she's not a basula, is also based on a certain chazaka. That he's not going to just say this and, and financially lose all the money he had, but nevertheless, on her side, there's a chazaka and a raiv. So therefore, he would have to give her the ksuba money if this was menatayra. Only because it's medrabanan did they say to rely on the chazaka that he probably saying the truth and uh, the chazak, this chazak that the Gemara brings her, and he's not going to have to pay her the ksuba money. Tana and Abraise we learned. Similar thing. But here the Lashon of Abraise is as follows. Since the ksuba is a penalty of the chachamim, so therefore, a ksuba is collected from ziburis, which is the lowest inferior quality of a field. There's, there's, different, there's three different categories in the quality of a field. Idis, Bainanis, and Ziburis. The best quality, the, the average quality, and the worst quality. A ksuba, you, you collect from the worst quality. But the Gemara now questions the expression of this Braise. Knosse, Braise says that a ksuba is a penalty. My Knosse, what kind of a penalty is this? He did something wrong? Did he have to obligate himself to pay the ksuba? Ela, so the Gemara says, you're right, you have to change the Lashon of the Braise. Eime, hoyol v'takanes chachamimu. Because Chachamim instituted to pay this Ksobeh, they instituted to, to pay only from Ziburis. Usually alone, you have to pay from Beninis. And when it comes to a Mazik, you have to pay from Idis. So over here, if this is a, a Chayv that you're obligated, you should have to pay at least from the average quality <coughs> of, a, of a property that you own. Not from the worst quality, but Chachamim are the ones. They instituted this Takana. They were lenient for the husband that he can give even the, le- the least quality of, of his properties. The Braise continues and says, says The Ksuba that a husband is obligated to give for his wife is actually learned, we know this from a Pasuk in the Taira. Okay, so, and the Gemara soon is going to bring what that Pasuk is. But now here the Gemara asks a contradiction. Did say that the Ksuba is but Vatanya? We learned clearly in Abraise an argument about this, whether the Ksuba is learned from a Pasik in the Taita or not, and Rabbi Shem Gamliel says it's not. So the Braise brings a Pasik, it says, Kesef Yishkail, He should give silver shkalim. <laughs> this is a passage that's talking about a person that seduced a woman into a relationship. Not a marriage, but this is a mafate. He seduced her into a relationship. And then, because he defiled her, he has to pay the father, shkolim, kesef. But it doesn't say how much. But it says, Like the same settlement that we give to other psulais. What is that referring to? That in this case, he has to pay, similar to the settlement that you give to other basulais. Where else do you, t- do you find in the Torah that it speaks about money that you have to pay, pay for a basula? Similar case, by a ma'anis. If a person didn't seduce, but he forced a, a woman into a, into a relationship, so then he has to pay over there, the Torah says the amount, that he has to pay chamishim kesef, 50 coins. So we learn from there that the number, the amount you have to pay is 50. 
And then we also learn out Over there, the Titus says the amount how much you have to pay, which is 50. But it doesn't say 50 what? 50 of which coins? It could be 50 shkalim, it could be 50 moin, which is much less than shkalim. Here, the Titus writes yishkal, that has to be shkalim. So therefore, we, we compare the two. We learn out from there that it has to be 50, from the ma'anes, and then we learn out from here, this passage is talking about the mafate, we learn out that it has to be shkalim. That's uh, the, the, the drasha from this Pasik. But now, in addition to this, the Braisa says, this term kemoyhar is not a usual expression. What does this term kemoyhar mean? Mikan samcho chachamim From here, the chachamim learned out the concept of a, that you have to give a ksube, and you see minatayre, this concept of ksube. The word kemoyhar refers to a ksube, that it's just like the obligation of a ksube. This is similar, you find this lotion in the story in Parshish Vayishlach by Shechem over there. Moyar, that they're going to give moyar, they're going to give over there that she wanted to get married, he wanted to get married to Dina. And there it says the lotion of moyar. So over here as well, when it says kemoyhar apsulais, it's also alluding to the obligation that a husband has to give his wife a ksuba. Rabshem Gamliel says, The ksuba that a husband has to give for his wife is not Chachamim instituted this. So right here we clearly see in the Braith, so Rabshem Gamliel says that it's all Midrabanam. So how could, before, how could we quote another Braith before that says that Rabshem Gamliel said that it's Minatayra. So the Gemara answer is, Eipich. So we're going to have to switch the opinions in this last Braith that we just quoted here. Rab Gamliel is the one that, that learns it from the Pasik and he holds it's Minatayra. And it's the other opinion that says it's Midrabana. But the Gemara asks, so my is the Abchis Basraise, why are you switching the opinions in the later Braise here? Maybe switch the opinions in the previous Braise, and maybe really Rab Gamliel holds that the Ksuba of a woman is all Midrabana. So the Gemara says, no, that can't be. Because Hashamina later, Rabshim Gamliel the Amar, Ksubas Isha Midairaisa. We have another source in another Mishnah where we see that Rabshim Gamliel was very stringent about Ksuba and he holds that Ksuba is Minatayra. Now we learned in the Mishnah. This is actually all the way at the end of the Mesechta here. Rabshim Gamliel Gamliel says, Naisin law, Mimois Kaputkiya. What this is talking about is a person that marries his wife in Eretz Yisrael and then he moves from Eretz Yisrael to Kaputkiya. The, the, the currency in Kaputkiya is more valuable than it is in Eretz Yisrael. So the question is, if you're moving from one place to another, where, do, do you have to give her the ksube based on the higher currency that you would have to pay her, or based on the lower currency? Rabshim Gamliel in that Mishnah is stringent, and he says, you come into Kaputkiya and the currency is going to force you to pay a higher value, you have to pay the higher value. So what's the reason for this? Because this is a real obligation of a loan that's minatayda. If it would be the other opinion there in the Mishnah argues there. The other opinion there in the Mishnah says that because this whole loan is just Midrabana and Chacham instituted this, so Chacham will lean in that wherever you go, you pay the lower value of the currency, you don't have to pay the full value that you obligated yourself in the Ksuba. But Rabshem Gamliel says, no, the obligation of the money of the Ksuba is Minatayre. It's just like every other loan, you have to pay the, the proper price that you owe. So in that Mishnah, we see that Rabshem Gamliel holds that the Ksuba is Minatayre. Now the Gemara goes back and says another pshat regarding the contradiction of Rabbi Shem Gamliel's opinion whether the Ksub is Minatayra or Midrabanan. Really, I could tell you the Braisa we quoted before, it's really all Rabbi Shem Gamliel speaking. There's something missing there in the words of the Braisa. And this is how you have to read it. 
So the, the beginning of the Braiser says, From this Pasik, this is where Chachamim took the source of the Ksubas Isha, that you learn from a Pasik. But then the Braiser continues as follows, but the ksuba that a husband has to give for his wife, if she's an almana, that's not menatayra. Elam medivrei seifrim. That's only the chachamim instituted. Sherab shem gamliel aimer ksuba salmana ene medivrei tayra. The ksuba of an almana is not menatayra. Ela medivrei seifrim. It's only medirabanan. Because in the lashon of the pasuk, what does it say? Kemayer habsulais. So for an almana menatayra, you wouldn't need a ksuba. But chachamim instituted to give a ksuba even for the wife, even medirabanan. Ahud asal kamei. The gemara goes back to the subject that we started off with, which is a person that gets married and then he comes the next day and says, my wife was not a psula. Yes, the is going to bring a lot of different stories regarding this. A person came in front of Rav Nachman. I got married and I see I was able to enter easily and there's no, she's not a psula. Rav Nachman says to this person, take a branch from a palm tree, from uh, this place, which means it must be that this person had relations with other women before. Birchese is the name of a place. Chavitele means they lie in front of him, meaning this is a man that must have had znus. He had relationship with other women before. If he's so expert and he knows exactly if it was open, if it was not open, how is he able to sense this? Only because he had experience from before. So therefore he deserves lashes. So take, take this branch from a palm tree, which, which has some prickly, uh, whatever, thorns on it, and give him lashes. Okay, so, so in other words, Rav Nachman did not accept what he was saying. That's what it looks like here. But the Gemara asks in this, The first thing we quoted at the beginning of the Gemara today, it was Rav Nachman that said in the name of Shmuel, that Mohammed, that we believe him. If he comes and says, Pesach, Pesuch, Matzasi, we accept what he's saying. Why is Rav Nachman getting so angry at him and saying that he deserves lashes and he doesn't believe him? So the Gemara answers, well, it's actually not a contradiction. Mehemen. Rav Nachman is believing him, that he knows and therefore he says that he's not a psula. But at the same time, but he does deserve lashes. The very fact that he's able to sense this and know this, it must be that he was Mizana before and therefore he deserves these lashes. So it's not a contradiction. Now the Gemara says another pshat though, Rav Achoy Mishani. Rav Achoy answers and says, it depends who this person was. Kam Over here, he actually Rav Nachman did not believe him. And we're talking about a Bachar. We're talking about someone which was never married before. And therefore, according to Rashi, the pshat of the Gemara is, because he was never married before, so he's no way to, to know. We can't, when, when, when he says Pesach Pesuch Matzasi, there's no way that he would know. And therefore, we, we actually don't trust him. So, why did Rav Nachman say to give him lashes? Because Rav Nachman was saying it's, it's Pashat Natsnizdik, it's, it's Parutz. The fact that he comes along to Abezn, he's a Bachar, he has no idea, he just got married, and he comes along with such a kind of a claim Pesach Pesuch Matzasi, he deserves lashes to this. Rav Nachman was actually telling him what it said before. Rav Nachman said, How would you know? Are you a person that had relationships with a bunch of women before that you can test this and you know that it was a Pesach Matzuach? That's what Rav Nachman was saying to him, according to this Pshar uh, and Khan Benasi. And before, when it said in the beginning that Rav Nachman did believe the person that it was a Pesach Pesach, he was already married before. So therefore, he, he, he could know. He's so therefore, we do trust him. That's Rashi's Pshat in the Gemara. But the Tesis in the second Pshat over here, and this says that even here in this answer, Khan Babacha, Khan the Gemara over here is also saying that we believe either way, we believe him. 
Elamai, what he's saying is, if you're a bachar, you deserve lashes for this, because why do you know? And if you're married, so then you don't deserve lashes, because it's expected that you could feel and understand. Another story here. An individual came in front of Rav Gamliel, and he said to him, Pesach Pesuch Matzasi. There was an opening, she's not a psula. Amalei, Rav Gamliel said to him, how do you know that the reason why there was, that there was an opening is because she's not a psula? Shema Hitesa. Perhaps that there was an, uh, you went in on an angle, and therefore the blockage that there usually is by Absula, you were able to circumvent it. Maybe that's what happened. And he gave him a marshal. Emshel I'll give you the following analogy. What is this compared to? Laila. A person that's in the dark of the night and he's in a room. It's dark. If he's sort of going to go on a slant and lean against the wall and try to... Uh, maneuver his way out of the room so he'll find the door open and he'll, he'll be able to get out of the room but uh, but if he's not going to maneuver himself out of the room he's just going to try to feel the wall and feel the door he may find the door that it's going to seem to be closed to him and he won't be able to get out the same thing over here maybe, maybe on an angle you're able to enter even though she was a psula that's uh, one, one uh, version of what Rabbi Gamliel told this individual. He didn't want to trust him. There's another version for this. This is what he told him. According to this version, not, he didn't say to him, maybe on an angle, not maybe. Maybe, it, we're, not, we're not for a maybe. But he was telling him, intentionally, you went in on an angle, and therefore you uprooted this door, you were able to enter on an angle, and you, you removed this entry with, without penetrating it directly. And he said to him again, a similar marshal, a person is walking in the night, in the dark, so if you're going to try to, as uh, Rashi here says, you're going to try on an angle and like give a push the door from the side, you'll be able to go out. But if you're not going to go on an angle and, and intentionally push the door on an angle with Kayach, then it's going to be locked for you. So maybe over here, even if you didn't feel the usual uh, blockage that there is in the entry, maybe you came on an angle intentionally and that's why you're able to enter. So the kids said, Rabbi Gamliel did not want to accept this person's claim that she's not a psula. Another story, I would also come to Rabbi Gamliel, but Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel, the son of Rabbi, Amalei, Rabbi, Baalti, I had a relation with my wife, there was no blood, so she's not a psula. Amrallah, so now what did she say? The wife says, Rabbi, psula, you see, I, I'm a psula, I was a psula, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Amalehem, so Rabbi Gamil says to, to them, bring me that handkerchief or that uh, whatever it is that you used to see if there's any blood on it. He brought that handkerchief, he soaked it in water because it could be dirty with other things as well. So maybe they, if there was any blood there, it would have been covered. So he, he washed it. The washed it. And he did uncover that there were some drops of blood there. He said to the husband, Go and take your acquisition. She's, she's a psula. You can be married to her. So Ravashi. So he said to Ravashi as follows. He was in Bavel. Rav Gamliel Berebi was in Eretz Yisrael. Time before. Can we also do the same thing? That we can take that handkerchief and wash it and see if there's any blood on it. So he said to him, here in Bavel, we're not able to do this. Why not? Because we don't have the ability to wash things the way they do. 
Giyot Shalanu, only when we go ahead and press things, then it will wash it, it will launder it and wash it fully the way, w- w- like they wash it. Ashi says, Giyot is, they use an Evan Hashuchis. They, they, they used to use some kind of a glass uh, brick that they would uh, uh, iron with. So he says, oh, our Giyot is as good as their laundering. So in other words, the point is that when they wash this sudra, this handkerchief, the washing will be good enough to be able to see if there's any blood on it. But if we're going to try to wash things, we're not necessarily going to see this blood on it. Now, vi amrit, if you'll argue and say, so nevet giyutz. So, okay, so here in Bavel, we don't have the same. Rashi says the water in Bavel is not as good, or maybe the cleaning agents they have is not as good. So, so let us press it, and so maybe we'll be able to find the blood there. But that, no, that's going to be then too hard. Once you press it already, it's going to totally remove any stains from the blood. So basically the point that he's saying is, either after you launder it, it's not cleaned enough to be able to see if there's any small stains of blood. And after you iron it, so that's going to totally uh, burn away any stains of blood, so we won't be able to see it. Another story, another individual came to Rabbi Gamliel, but Rabbi Omar Lay, he said to him, Rabbi Balti, I had a relation with my wife and there was no blood. Omar Lay, uh, so she said, Rabbi, I am still a Basula. Omar Lahan, so Rabbi Gamliel, but Rabbi says to them as follows, Bring me two maids. Achas Basula, Vachas Bula. One of them which is still a Basula, and one of them which is already a Bula. And now there's a way out to test this, to see if this is a psula or a bula. Let's test this, let's see. So they brought him. And he had them sit on the opening of a, of a strong barrel of wine, which has a very strong uh, aroma. So bula, the one that was already a bula, so there's an opening. That aroma that there is from the wine went through her body and came out of her mouth. And she, there, was a, uh, there was an aroma that came out of her mouth. Basula, the one that was a basula, there was no aroma of the wine that came through, that came out of her wine. So that was the test that they used to know if she's a basula or a bula. If anyone remembers, we had this in the Gemara in Yuvamis. The Gemara brought this, uh, this simon. So the Gemara said... Uh, so, so, so what did he do now? Avzu. So he took this wife as well over here that the husband argued that she's a Ba'ula and Heshiva. He had her sit on the barrel of wine and there was no aroma that came out of her uh, mouth. So he, so he said, oh, so now he knew that she's, a, she's still a Ba'ula. Not, not, not only was she a Ba'ula before, but even now she's still a Ba'ula. So Amalai, he says to the husband, go take your acquisition. She's, uh, she's a Ba'ula. Now the Gemara asks about the story here. Why doesn't he immediately make the test in, this, uh, in his wife? Why did he first bring two maids and test it on them? So the Gemara answers, the reason is as follows. He had this tradition that this is a test that was done. And Rashi brings this is the test that they did then by the story of Pelegish Begiva in Nach. Okay, they, they, so he had this tradition that they used this test then. But he never in actuality saw it in practice done. So therefore he thought to himself, Maybe I will not know exactly how to do this test properly. I don't want to have this test done for a Jewish woman and I'm just going to cause it to be disgraceful and it's not even going to work. So let me first test it out on these two maids that are not Yidin and see if it works. And if it works for them, then, then he did it for this wife as well. Another story, there's an individual that came to Rabbi Gamliel Azokin, which was a great grandfather, maybe even a great grandfather of this Rabbi Gamliel. And he said to him, 
I had relation with my wife and there was no blood. Amr Allah, so she said to him, Rabbi, Mimishpachas Durkitiani, I come from the family of Durkiti, Sha'inlam, Loidam Nida, Voloidam Sulim. And the this family they did not have not blood of a Nida and not the the blood that there is by a Basula. So this is the family I'm from, and therefore it's uh, it's not a sign that I'm not a Basula. Badak Rav Gamliel, so Rav Gamliel inspected this matter by Kravisah. He looked to see by her relatives, and he found that she sang the truth. Amalaisa, he says to her husband, Go take your acquisition. And he actually added, Your fortunate that you that your wife comes from this family of Dorkati. There's, there's an advantage to this. So the Gemara explains this. My Dorkiti. What, what is this name of this family that they had no Dam Nida and no Dam Sulim? What's this name Dorkiti? So the Gemara says it means Dor Kotua. It's a generation that is cut off. Meaning, as we'll see soon in the Gemara here, that it's not so easy for these women to conceive and have children. Amar Rabchanine said, Tanchumin shall hevel that this consolation that he consoled this person and said, Go take your wife and you show, you're fortunate. It's really nonsense because the Tani Rabchia, Rabchia taught about this, this kind of family that Kishem Shasa'ur Yafali Isa, just like Sa'ur, the. Sourdough or the, uh, the yeast is good for a dough. So too, blood is good for a woman. So even though if you put too much yeast into the dough, it's, it's the, the, the challah, the bread is going to be sour. But you have to have that sour to help it rise and to be a geschmack uh, bread. It's the same thing also that the blood is necessary for a woman to be able to conceive easier. And Vitana Mishum Rabmeya, we learned in the name of Rabmeya, call Isha Shadumeh Marubim, a woman that when she has a dam nida, she has a lot of blood, Bonah Marubim, it's easier for her to have more, many children. Itmer, we learned, Rabyirmiye Bar Abba Omar, Rabyirmiye Bar Abba said, Zechei Bimekhacha, that he learned that what Rabbi Gamliel told her is, go, go and, uh, and, and you have a merit to take this acquisition, this wife that has no blood, from this family, Dorkati. Amalei, that's that's what Rabbi Gamliel told him. Rabbi Yisib Bar Avin Amar, Rabbi Yisib Bar Avin actually says Neschayev b'mekhacha. What he told him is, listen, she's a b'sula, and this is too bad for you. You're going to have to now live with this wife that has no dam sulim and no dam nida. So he was saying to him that it's it's not a benefit actually, it's it's a disadvantage. Amalei, Amalei, sorry, that's that's part of it. Neschayev b'mekhacha Amalei. That that's uh, what, he, what what Rabbi Gamliel told him. So the Gemara now asks in this based on what we said before. According to the version that Rabbi Gamliel told him that it's a disadvantage, like we said before, in the name of Rabbi Hanine, that a woman that has no dam nida, no dam sulim, it's difficult for her to have children. But the one that says that he's telling him that it's an advantage, it's a merit, what, what kind of an advantage is there to such a wife? So the one answer is the advantage is he's not going to have problems with her seeing blood and having a suffix nida. So in that sense, it is an advantage. Another story here, Audas Lakameda Rebbe, an individual came for Rebbe, Omalei Rebbe Balti, Velemetsasidam. I had a relation with my wife and there was no blood. Omraloi, so Rebbe said to Rebbe, Rebbe so she, she, that is, she said to him, to Rebbe, Adayim Basula Yisi, I'm still a Basula. Shnei Batsayris Have. And it's a time, it was a time of a hunger. And Ra Rebbe Shepneim Shchairim. Rebbe saw that they hardly ate and they were so hungry that their faces were pushed black, dark. So Rebbe commanded for them, and so first he had them bathed and washed and cleaned properly. 
and then the Echilon, the Hishkom, he gave them to eat, he gave them to drink. And then afterwards, he brought them into a private place. And then when he had a relation with her, there was blood there. Go and take your acquisition. Kari Rabbi Aleyem, Rabbi read for, the, for their situation, what it says in the Apostolic, Tzofad Oiram Al-Atzmam, their skin, so there's two pshatim of the word Tzofad, one pshat is that it, it sort of, uh, it, it, it sticks to their, to their bones, meaning that it's, there's, no, there's no moisture in the body in such a time of hunger, that's one pshat. Another pshat is Rashi says Tzofad over here means that it becomes dark. Yavish Haikates, they will dry like a, like, like a piece of wood, and that's what happened to them. So here the Mishnah will discuss the halacha of the Ksuba itself. How much is the amount of money that uh, you are obligating yourself in a Ksuba? Psula, Ksuba, Samasayim. When a person marries a, ksuba, a, a Psula, so then the Ksuba will be 200 Zos. Valmane, Mane. And for an Almane, the amount of the Ksuba is half, one Mane. Now, Besula, Almane, if this is a Besula, but she's an, also an Almane, meaning she's an Almane from an Edison. She's an almana where she never had a relation with her previous husband. Or grusha v'chalutza m'neidison. Or also, she's a grusha, she got divorced, or chalutza, which means after the husband died and they had to do chalitza, but all from Edison. So she's not a bu'ula yet. She never had a relation with anyone else. She's still a b'sula. So then, ksubasa m'sayin. She still gets the ksuba of 200 zos. V'yeshla'en, tainas b'sulim. If in these cases where he married a Basula and the Ksuba was 200 Zuz and now he, it turns out that she's not a Basula, so then this is a Mecca Chtos and he does not have to give her the money of the Ksuba. What does this word Almana mean? What's the, the etymology of this word? So the Gemara says, Ravchana from Baghdad said, Almana means Al Shaymana. It's, it's the, she gets this name because the ksuba that she gets is one mana. So that's, so that's how she got this name of mana. Al-mana. Okay, actually in another place, I think, I remember now where I saw this, the Rishayim say that al-mana also means ilain, that she's uh, quiet, that she's... Uh, huh? Yeah, ilain. Oh, we learned it also in a maima, right? Ilain. But the Gemara wants to know the mana, the, the second half of the name, mana. So the, mana, the, the, the name mana comes from um, this, that she gets only a mana. So Sigmar asks this So if she's an Almana and the previous marriage was only the first stage of marriage, Edison, so what are we going to say? Why is she called an Almana? She actually does get two two uh, Messiah, like a Basula. Because the Almana from a full marriage and she's already a Bahula, she gets one mana. So the same name is for every Almana. But that's the source of the name. So the Gemara asks further, Almana dechsiva bayraisa, the expression of Almana that it says in the Teda, ma'ikalamema. Why in the Teda that we refer to her as an Almana? The Teda in Pashas Eme, when it talks about a Kohen Gadol, that he's not allowed to marry an Almana. So why is the Teda referred to as an Almana? Because of this ksuba of Almana? That's something that was instituted later, at least according to the opinion that we said before. For sure, the amount, I think everybody agrees that the amount, that it's only a mana, and by an almana we had before, right? Even according to the opinion, the ksubas minatayra, by an almana, the ksubas midrabanan. So, uh, <coughs> so the one answer is, the asidin rabbanon, the misakni mana. The name Almara that it says in the Teda is based on the future that when the Rabbana will come along and they will institute for her to get the Almana one mana. That's the name. Does the Teda give a name based on what's going to happen in the future? So the Gemara says, in yes, we find such a, sh- such a thing. 
The Chesiv the Pasuk says, right in the beginning of Parshas Bereishis, V'shem anor ashlishi chidekel, one of the rivers that comes out is chidekel, and then it says, Hua ha'ilach kidmas Ashur. It goes to the beginning of, or to the east of Ashur. What's this Ashur? It's a city, it's the name of a place. V'tanir of Yosef, Ashur, Zus Lika. Ashur is this place that we now call Slika. And the question is, Miyavoy? At that time when the Abish created the world, was there a city that had people in it, and that they gave it a name of Ashur? How's it called Ashur? Elodasida. It's saying that this is the Chidekel that in the future will be called Asher in that place. So an Almana is in the Torah referred to as an Almana because in the future the Chacham will give her this Ksuba of Almana. So now the Gemara here will bring another thing that Ravchana Bagadeta said about the name of something. He says, he said, Motar, rain. Rain in, in Lashon Kedish is, is one of the name terms is Geshem, but then there's another term, Motar. What does this word Motar mean? Motar means as follows, Mashke. It, it, gives, it gives the water that the, that the ground needs. Merave saturates with water. Umezavel, and it helps it to be fertilized. Umaadin, and it shines it. It gives beautiful fruits that come out. Umamshech, and it draws out that it should grow. So that's uh, what, mot, uh, what the word matter means. All these things over here that it does. What the rain uh, benefit that rain creates. Where do I see in the Pasik that the rain does all these things? The Pasik says, the ridges in the fields. So they have Rave Nachas, the rain provides them, it saturates the rain, saturates with water. So this is the first two things that it said, that it provides the water and it even saturates. And Gidudea Birivivim to make again. That the furrows that there are in the fields so are even with the drops of rain to make again, it softens it. And that's like a fertilizer that it softens. And simcha to varech, and it grows, and that's the ma'adan of mamshech that it, it, it draws out and it brings out the beautiful growth of the fruits. So that's the touch of matar. So the Gemara now brings another term, another word in Lashon Kaidish, what the source of this word is. Amar Abelazar, Mizbeyach. What is the meaning of the word Mizbeyach? Meziach. Meziach means it removes. At this point, the Gemara thinks Meziach means it removes Averis. Mezin provides sustenance. Mechaviv, it brings the love of the Ebeshter to Yidin. And Mechaper, and it's an atonement for the Yidin. But the Gemara asks, Hainu Mechaper, Hainu Meziach. Isn't Mechaper and Meziach the same thing? Meziach means removes Averis, and Mechaper means it atones for Averis. So the Gemara says, no, Meziach means Gzairis. Meziach means it removes any bad decrees upon Kla Yisrael, even before it atones for anything. When it says Mechaper, that means to atone for Avedis. So this piece of the Gemara that everyone spoke about, Barichis, and the Rebbe there said that it's an amazing thing you see here and what the Gemara says. The order of what the Gemara says seems to be not, not the right order. What's the main thing that a Mizbeach does? The Kapara. I've been learning now in Tanya about this. The whole unit of a carbon is that when a person does an Aveda, that Kapara of the carbon makes you you appease the king and to be wanted to be seen by the king himself the first thing that it should say over here is it should be mamish in the opposite order it should start with mechaper then mechaviv first a kapara then you become beloved for the Ebishter and then mziach amazing then the Ebishter removes any gzeda and then the Ebishter provides you sustenance Elamai says that ever what you see from this Gemara is note the Mizbeach works the other way around the first thing is whether the Yid is worthy, whether he's not worthy, even before there's a kapara meziach. The Ebishter loves Yidin either way and he removes the, any bad decrees upon them. And then Mazin. The Ebishter provides them what they need, the sustenance and everything else they need. And then once the Yid has Bagashmis what he needs and he's able to serve the Ebishter without any disturbances, so he can get closer to the Ebishter, then that will bring out an even deeper level of love between him and the Ebishter. And then he'll go even higher to kapara. 
Kapada that we're talking about over here is not the kapada stam for Avedis Kapshutai, but Adarab, when a person goes to an even higher level, so then he realizes that he even needs a kapada for things that he might not even realize. So the kapada here comes after, after already the Abishtha. First, Abishtha gives a yid everything that he needs. That's what you see here in the Seder of the Gemara. The Rebbe brought a Pasik for Seychas Yedecha, for every person, whatever he wants, even if he's deserving or not, it says, so that's what this Gemara is based on. First, Meziach Amazing, the Ebishter feeds a Yid. Okay, one more thing over here the Gemara discusses, actually a few more things, let's see, let's get, try to get to the Mishnah. Vama Ravchana Bagadeta Tamri, dates. So, Meshachnon, so what they do is they heat up the body, then Mazban, they satisfy a person, Meshal Shalon, it also softens the, the, the person, should be able to relieve himself. Ma'ashran, they strengthen a person, but they do not cause you to become addicted to it, to want more and more. Amarav Rav, Rav said, a person that eats dates, al he cannot paskana halacha, because dates also have this, just like wine, that makes a person shikha, it intoxicates a person, the dates has some kayak in it also to intoxicate a person. Maybe the dates we have today don't have the power that it used to have, the, the, the quality of the fruits are not what they used to be, especially in Eretz Yisrael. So Mace for the Gemara asks him this Tmarim, it says in the Brais, he eat dates, Shachris Varvis in the morning and in the evening, Yafis. That's very good for a person. The Mincha, if you eat them at the Mincha time, and this is uh, before you eat your your uh, meal in the afternoon or before you eat dinner, Royce. So then that's uh, not good for the person. But Saharayim, you eat it later in the afternoon, and this is after you ate already. So then, there's, it's, it, there's nothing as good as this. It's, that's the best time to eat the dates. And then, as she says, it helps you relieve yourself afterwards. You eat the dates, then it gets, you, it gets rid of three bad things. Uh, any worries that a person has, it gets rid of it because the dates brings a person joy. Any issues that you have with your intestines, it gets rid of that. Of And also hemorrhoids, it helps with this as well. So the Gemara says, see here in this Braise, the dates is good, it's positive. So how could the Gemara say before that if you eat dates, it's not good for you, you can't pasca na halacha. So the Gemara says there's no contradiction. Did we ever say dates that don't have positive effects on the person's body? It's, it's very good for the person. But when you eat it, as you eat it, 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 it intoxicates you to some extent and you can't pasca na din. And the Gemara explains, it's exact same thing with wine. The master said, if you drink a revius of wine, you can't pass on halacha. So wine is good for a person, but at the same time though, it also makes you shikr, so you can't pass on halacha. But now the Gemara says another pshat, that it actually depends how and when you're eating the dates. Like Kashi, there's no contradiction whether dates are good or not good for you. If you eat the dates before you ate a meal, before you ate bread, so then it's not good for you. It's going to intoxicate you and you can't pass on the din. But after you ate bread, after a meal, then dates are good for you. Abaya said, Mother told me, this is not his actual mother, but the one that raised him. If you eat dates before you eat the bread, it's like an axe cutting off a palm tree. It's bad for you. Basanam, if you eat it after you ate bread, Kibrilidasha, it's like the the hinges that the door is held upon, it's like that that the foundation of the door, and it's good for you. Now the Gemara just brings a few other words that we have. What's the etymology of the word? Dasha Amarava, why do we refer to it as a door in Aramaic? Dasha, Derech Sham, because it's Derech Sham through the that's the way that you go out. Darga, why are steps called Darga? Amarava Derech Gag. From there you can go up to the roof. Puriya, why is a bed called a Puriya or Puriya? 
That's where you multiply in it. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak said, let's add also and explain another word. Afon we can also say there's the source of this word, islandess. What does the word islandess mean? Which is a woman that can't give birth. Duchronis de loyolda. This is like a, a ram, which is actually a zachar that can't give birth. So, so to this woman is like a zachar and she can't give birth. Simon Batev.